Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Some of you actually look awake. Well done. <clears throat> in this part of the, uh, uh, the scriptures that we're looking at, in this letter to the Romans, the, the, uh, the Christians at Rome, at Rome, Paul describes what sincere love looks like, not only within the church family, but in the world out there. We're going to read Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, prayerful, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. To understand those verses, we actually need to go back to what Andy was covering last week. In chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul urges the Christians in Rome to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, as a spiritual act of worship, to God. He tells them, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think Andy uh, unpacked a lot of that last week, um, and he really honed in on the importance of understanding this and applying it to our lives in our situations in 2022. The reality is it's not just uh, receiving a new heart. And I think in one of the earlier chapters, I think Chris uh, said, uh, you know, yes, we do need a new heart. And uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> God is renewing our heart. But we also need our minds renewing as well. 
there needs to be a, a connection between the way that we think and what we have in our hearts to do. Both are needed. And I think here, Paul hits the nail on the head, as we say. Uh, I, I actually thought I might bring a, a plank of wood or a block of wood with a, um, some, with a nail, a big nail, flat, uh, flathead nail and a, and a hammer. But I thought, thinking about it, that combination in me could be disastrous. So, <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> But, but here Paul, Paul really gets to the nub of it, really, that, that we need to be those who are being transformed in our mind, in our, our thinking, as well as allowing God to move in our hearts. The transforming power of the Holy Spirit allows us to sort out what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. The world's culture or pattern is very good at causing confusion and blurring the issue uh, that, that for Christians we should know and should hold on to, and they are not negotiable. There is the sense of a clash coming. And, and just reflecting on this last week uh, in Parliament and everything that's been happening, uh, I think uh, you can see the kind of clash that, that comes about when you know the the world uh, has its its way of um, its pattern of doing things, uh, and it just leaves a lot to be desired, doesn't it? The pressure comes on us as Christians to change what we believe and to move away from what the Bible says. If we go this way, we become compromised. We become ineffective. Uh, the, the scripture uses the, the terminology of salt that has lost its saltiness. It becomes useless. <clears throat> That's not God's intention. God's intention is, as his church, we reflect his values. We reflect his heart, Lord. And for, particularly for the people that are uh, in need, particularly for the poor, particularly for the people that are uh, marginalized and forgotten, God's heart goes out to them. And I believe uh, as a church, uh, we have that message. Uh, Isaiah 61 talks about the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. It's the poor. It's those in need of God's presence, his power, his touch, his healing, his restoring, uh, and all those things. It's, it's those people that are open and to receive. Those who are completely self-sufficient um, don't feel they need anything. Not necessarily happy, but they don't feel they need anything else. We need this renewing of our minds if we are to be effective in being followers of Jesus and living our lives to please God. In the passage we're looking at today, Paul is concerned that we show love in action. 
in the church, and, th and that's worked out in the church, the family of God. And as a church, as we move forward in this, we will demonstrate something to the world. We will be a testimony to the world of the love of God worked out in ordinary people's lives. Paul is concerned for the image of the church and the image that the church has towards the world. Paul is seriously concerned witness of the church that the followers of Jesus give testimony in their lives that Jesus is Lord. And, and one, of the, one of the wonderful ways, um, I think, of late, uh, the party on the precinct, is, is when we've, we have those opportunities just to talk with people, and you're able to say, as I know individuals have done, said, have said, is, well, I've just known, throughout my life, I've just known the goodness of God is being with me. That doesn't mean to say everything's been plain sailing, and it, and it hasn't, but it makes all the difference to know God's presence with us. And God is at work in us. Even this morning, as we've been singing and worshipping, that sense of coming into his presence, and God changing us as we open ourselves to him. In verse 9, Paul's kind of fundamental truth is this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. So there's just three things I want to cover from that. First of all, love must be sincere. Our attitudes, our values, the ways of thinking determine what we do and how we do it. Being sincere is more than good works or just being a do-gooder. It needs to be an expression of God's great love towards us as individual that then flows out to others. And the reality is we can't fake it. People will see through us. We can't fake it, but we do need to live it. We need to know God's love in our hearts, in our lives, the way that God deals with us so that when we reach out with the good news, people see that there is something of power, of significance in what we're talking about. It's interesting that Paul gives us a, a long list of things to measure how good is our witness for Jesus. So he talks about being devoted. He talks about respect, hard work, reverence, joy, patience, Disciplined prayer, generosity, and hospitality. Also important things like openness, empathy, fairness and equality, humility, peacemaking, forgiving, courage. It's all there in the reading. So, I guess the question is, how are you doing? How am I doing? 
whether you've just got one thing to improve on, or like me, uh, several things to improve on. It's not a case of trying harder. It's not a case of doing more. It's not a case of being better. But what's important is that we are open to the Holy Spirit's transformation by the renewing of our minds. And, and notice it talks about the renewing of our minds, the ongoing progress. I don't think we ever get there. It's a case of lifelong learning and uh, lifelong uh, allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to work in us. But, but, but doing that, even if it's incrementally, progressively, we're changed from the inside out. And, and just that expression that came to me this morning, we're being changed from the inside out. From the inside out, my soul cries out. From the inside out, Lord. And, and that's what we need to be like. It's such a contrast with, with the, the world pattern of doing things. And the attitudes, there's a real sharp contrast. But I, I think that just stands out the more that we pursue this the more that God is at work in us, we will be marked out different. I think the, the problem with that is that the world reacts to that. It doesn't like it when we're different. It doesn't like it when we offer an opinion, a view, when we have a value that, that effectively challenges the worldview. But that's what we're called to do. And if we allow God to work in us, then something of the heart of God will be at work in us as we meet people, as we share the good news with people. And people recognize a difference. And you know what? I honestly believe that as, as we do that, there is a kind of a, an attraction to what we're saying and what we're doing and who we like and what, what, the kind of things that we do. You know, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that the number of kind of outreach, missional type things is increasing. And it's usually in those areas that we're coming up against people who haven't heard much about this, don't even understand it, but they recognize something. And we do thank God for the, those kind of breakthroughs, particularly in places like the, uh, the Hub um, and uh, obviously the, the um, outreach that uh, Steve and Ros do uh, on Batemore Park. Um, but we're looking for an impact of the kind of values that we hold, the values that we live our lives to, and what people see and hear and receive. So attitudes and values are important. The second part is hate what is evil. Hate is a very strong word. I expect that most of us would say that we don't like evil, but do we really hate it? I think we need to recognize and realize uh, that evil 
is the thing that keeps us in bondage to sin. And we are held captive by this. Going back to Romans chapter 6, the heading for that entire chapter is dead to sin, alive in Christ. Jesus did what was needed to release us from the power of sin and death and bring us into complete freedom. This morning, I just want to proclaim freedom over us. As a people, there's freedom. Paul has every right to urge us, and more so, to command us to to detest, to not tolerate that which is detestable to God. Things like uh, issues on immorality and lifestyle choices, injustice that takes place, and that might be for individuals and the way that they're treated through the various systems, or to a whole uh, kind of uh, group of the population. And I think we're going to see quite a lot of that in the coming months. With the cost of living crisis and the fuel crisis, that's going to hit hard. The people who are most vulnerable, I believe, uh, might not get the, the kind of need, the, the help that is needed to help them to get through this. So there's injustices in, in the system of, of what's happening. There's also uh, areas of, of addiction and strongholds uh, that, that need to be addressed. And I think one of the, the, one of the areas uh, that we do need to be aware of is a sense of indifference, that we can settle for something or just to accept something, to be resigned to something, to something that is far less than what God has planned for us. To hate what is evil means to struggle with all our might and with God's strength against our enemy, the devil, who wants to keep us in the grip of sin and darkness. And here... Our focus is on Jesus. It is on the victory over sin and death that he brought on the cross. So there's freedom. But also this morning, I just want to speak that that word uh, uh, and proclaim victory. There's victory in the house of the Lord. Hate what is evil. The third point is cling to what is good. To cling, to hold on to, to protect, to value that sense of the goodness of God. His love, grace, mercy, faithfulness, forgiveness, presence, Holy Spirit filling and equipping. That's what we need to hold on to. And it's not for selfish gain. It's to give away. It's more blessed to give than receive. But you need to receive first in order to give. Because if you don't receive, you've got no to give. Is that fair enough? Yeah. 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 And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just feel like I've got no to give. (laughs) I want you to know this, that as you give, God gives you more. 
So, so whatever God's giving you, if you want to hold on to it, you can hold on to it, but don't expect more. But as you give, you get back more. And, and therefore, you can give more. And, and I, I don't know if Phil's with us this morning, but uh, Phil France, but um, I just have a sense that, that that's exactly what's been happening with Phil. That he's been out and about and he's just talking and sharing with people. Um, and as he's doing that, God is doing things in their lives, in the people's lives. But he has also given him more. So he's got more to give. He's a bit desperate, isn't he? He's got, he's got things to give, you know. He's, he's getting out there. And the great thing about that is you cannot outgive God. So don't worry. Whatever you release, whatever you give away, God will give you that plus more. The only way to really keep that which is good is to give it away freely, sincerely, and cheerfully. It doesn't make sense, does it? It goes against the pattern of this world. If you've got something, hold on to it. Treasure it. Keep it to yourself. But being transformed by the renewing of your mind opens up new possibilities for us. When we do this, something happens spiritually amongst us. We open up opportunities for each of us to use the gifts and the talents that God has given us. To bless us, to support us, to encourage us, to help us when we need that. So, loving action. It covers all of that. I think, uh, just to kind of sum up, John 13 verse 35 says this. Jesus says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that's not just a, a nice fuzzy feeling, singing songs, but that love is practical love. It's, it's roll your sleeves up and get involved love. And that's what we're all called to do. If we are going to be a successful church here and a credible witness for Jesus on Jordan Thorpe and Batemore and Low Edges, then we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The greatest impact is to demonstrate the love of God. As a church, the way that we behave and deal and we, de and we demonstrate that to one another. But it's also as we give out as much as we have so that God can give us more. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then the practical application of love is worked out in people's lives. And that's all I want to say. I just think, because of the way that the worship's gone, I, ju I just have a sense that um, I think it'd be good if we could have a, a bit of worship. Uh, and then a time, as we did last week, uh, we've got the cross here. So if you want to come out, 
uh, and and uh, in those areas that I've talked about, um, if if you're struggling or if um, you just want to say, Lord, yeah, I need this. I need to press in for more of this. I need more of you. Then I just want to invite you to come uh, and uh, sit, kneel around the front. Uh, and uh, I, again, I think that 